You're listening to. And Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue, and I'm Rira Yu. And it is our mid-month episode for the month of March 2018. Um, it's been a while since um, we last recorded, but holy crap, there is a lot to go through. Yeah, it's because we didn't really uh, go over new releases in our last episode, <laughs> but that was because I procrastinated and I was not ready. They don't. They don't even know that. That. That's true. That's true. That all of a sudden we were blindsided <laughs> by a lot of new releases. Um, well, Marvin out in went the month to Marvin went to South by Southwest, so it wasn't like we could have recorded earlier anyway. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah, so yes, it's, yes, it's it's my fault. Yes, <laughs> it's not our. It's not mid month anymore. I would say it's more like late. Well, it's month. our. It's our March news episode, so we're yeah. going to go through all the new releases um, of books by Asian and Asian American authors, as well as some. We've got quite a bit of book news this week too uh, for this episode. Yeah, even this morning, I was like, "Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> Got to add this to our list." I know this is in the midst of, as you all know, Rira is a huge figure skating enthusiast addict. I, th- I think um, I think they got it, Marvin. <laughs> and it's currently the so I didn't so I always I always thought. So I always thought that the year of the Olympics, that counted as the World Championships, but it doesn't. No way. Okay. But Nathan Chen, he's first right now. Uh, Vincent Zhou is third. So uh, Team America is doing really well. I mean, but it's not Olympic GOAT, so it doesn't really mean anything. Um, I would say World Championships mean more, but... (laughs) Anyways, you can catch up on all that on their, in our imaginary figure skating Sorry. podcast. Somehow, um, figure skating shows up in every every episode. We should that start we do. one. We should find someone just as crazy as you are about figure skating. Hit me up and, on Twitter <laughs> and start a podcast. I can produce. That's what I can do. But um, let's get to it. Uh, before we start, um, as always, remember that you can. Join in on the conversation, talk to myself, Reba, and the other members of Books and Boba by joining our Goodreads group. Just go to goodreads.com, and if you're an avid reader, you should already be there. And just search for Books and Boba. Uh, make sure to introduce yourself in the introduction thread. And our book of the month for March is What Lies Between Us by Naomi Munawira. We have about a week until the end of March, so if you... So if you have not started yet, like Marvin here, uh, get to it. But if you don't manage to get the book in time, don't worry. We're here. Like, we're a time capsule. (laughs) You can listen to us after you read the book. It's kind of like, I don't know how to feel. I guess it's fine that people are telling us that, well, I don't listen to your discussion episodes until I read the actual book, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But... As long as you um, listen to us. I'm glad it's there for you to listen to. Um, and, you know, we're going to try to have some more, like, um, timely conversations, such as, like, the news episodes and the interview episodes um, more more frequently, too. So um, watch out for those. We're here to offer just another perspective for you to reflect upon your reading. So yeah, it's really, really on your time. I mean, if you guys want to send us questions, we'll gladly answer them on air. So 
You can do that on the Goodreads forums yeah. or on Twitter. Yeah, for those of you who are reading along with us and have your thoughts, um, if you share on Goodreads, it'll get, it'll probably get on the podcast in some form or another. So, Guys, I have a lot of thoughts good. about this book. I'm on part, part four right now. There's four parts? How long is this book? It's around 300 pages. It's, oh, not, not, as long, it's not as long as Pachinko or I, I Jade can, City. <laughs> I can knock that out in about a couple of days. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really dark book. I I did not expect it to uh, be so dark in in the first half, but um, yeah, yeah. I, like I thought it was going to be a crime novel, and I guess it technically is. But it's more slice of life. It goes through the main character's life from like a girl to an adult. Okay, so it's it was interesting, and I'm really liking it so far. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I'm gonna. Start crack that one open as soon as I as soon as I receive it. Um, but let's move. Let's uh, let's get on with the show. Um, new releases. Yeah, new. Here releases. are the new releases since our last episode, as compiled by Riru. And yeah, like we said, it's a huge list. So um, strap in, and if you if you hear anything that's interesting, you know, go on and get it. We we do this for you. Uh, and first on our list is the place between breaths by. On Na, it's released on March. It released on March six, and it was published by Caitlin Deloy Books. And the synopsis goes: Grace's father is determined to find a cure for schizophrenia, which plagued his wife for years and led her to disappear one day. Although Grace interns at the prestigious lab where her father works as a recruiter, she doesn't share her father's optimism that a cure will be found. Then Grace's own sense of reality begins to unravel, and she becomes increasingly disoriented by images and sounds. Told in frequent shifts in time and perspectives, the novel reflects the state of Grace's fractured mind. And that is The Place Between Breaths by An Na. Next up is Restore Me, um, Shatter Me Number 4 by Tahereh Mafi, um, also released on March 6th, published by HarperCollins. Juliet Farrar's Thought She'd Won. She took over Sector 45, was named the new Supreme Commander, and now has Warner by her side. But she's still the girl with the ability to kill with a single touch. And now she's got the whole world in the palm of her hands. When tragedy hits, who will she become? Will she be able to control the power she wields and use it for good? And that's part of the Shatter Me series, um, number four. And next up, we have Rainbirds by Clarissa Gonawan. Released on March 6th, published by Soho Press. Ren Ishida is nearly finished with graduate school when he receives when when he receives news of his sister Keiko's violent murder. He travels to the town of Akakawa to conclude his sister's affairs, but soon finds himself picking up where Keiko left off, replacing her as an English teacher at a local cram school and moving into her old room at a wealthy politician's mansion in exchange for reading to the man's ailing wife. As Ren familiarizes himself with the figures of Akakawa, he slowly tries to piece together what happened the night of Keiko's death. More crime for you. I really want to read this book. <laughs> I am waiting. I requested it at my library because they didn't have it. <laughs> so I am waiting for the book to arrive at my library. So I'm very excited to read it. Cool. And next we have Girls Burn Brighter by Shapa Rao, released on March 6th and published by Flatiron Books. When poor Nima meets Savitha, she feels something she lost for good when her mother died. Hope. Poor Nima's father hires Savitha to work one of their sari looms, and the two girls quickly become inseparable. But when the devastating act of cruelty drives Savitha away, 
Pornima leaves behind everything she has ever known to find her friend again. Alternating between the girls' perspectives, Rao's novel follows their travels from village to city, eventually from India to Seattle. And next up, we have The Night Diary by Vera Hiranandani. Uh, it also released on March 6th, and it's published by Dial Books. Set in 1947 during the partition of India, the novel follows Nisha, a half-Muslim, half-Hindu 12-year-old girl who no longer knows where she belongs. When her father decides it's too dangerous to stay in what is now Pakistan, Nisha and her family become refugees and embark first by train, but later on foot to reach her new home. The journey is long, difficult, and dangerous, and after losing her mother as a baby, Nisha can't imagine losing her homeland too. But even if her country has been ripped apart, Nisha still believes in the possibility of putting herself back together. Cool. Next up is Paper Sons, a memoir by Dixon Lamb, released on March 6th and published by Autumn House. Set in a public housing project in San Francisco, Paper Sons explores Lamb's transformation from a teenage graffiti writer to a high school teacher working with troubled youth while navigating the secret violence in his immigrant family's past. The memoir is about coming of age as a Chinese-American in the hard-scrabble streets of San Francisco and asks readers what it takes for a person silenced by exclusion and violence to hold on to hope. Next, we have Hiroshima Boy by Naomi Hirahara, released on March 13th, published by Prospect Park Books. In the seventh and final installment of the award-winning Mas Arai series, retired L.A. gardener Mas returns to Hiroshima to bring his best friend's ashes to a relative on a small island, only to be embroiled in the mysterious death of a teenage boy who is about the same age as Mas when he survived the atomic bomb in 1945. So... This is the seventh book in uh, Naomi Hirahara's uh, series. I think the first book is The Summer of Big Bocce. Oh, wow. Um, so, he, Yeah, I, I know they tried to make that into a movie at some point. Yeah, it yeah. Didn't, it, didn't, uh, it didn't finish its uh, Kickstarter campaign. The, the really cool thing about that series is the first book, at least, it's set in Pasadena, which is where we're recording oh, wow. this podcast right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's nice to have, like... Uh, Instead of like a sexy detective, you have like an old, like, like jaded uh, gardener <laughs> as as a as a detective. So it it sounds really interesting. I definitely want to get to it when I have time. Yeah, it's like um, it's like Columbo, just like the frumpy <laughs> like. <laughs> the I just like bitter detective. old men, like just kind of being like. You know, that's it's like true. I'm too old for this, and, yeah, <laughs> and doing it we anyway. Need more, we need more Murdochs, less Rigs in this world. For those of you who caught my 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 awesome analogy, um, next up is "Go Home," edited by Rowan Hisayo Buchanan, released on released on March 13th, published by the Feminist Press at CUNY. 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 That's the City University. Yeah. Of New York. Um, go home is always a slur, but often also an um, impossibility. This collection explores the words personal and political dimensions. New emerging established Asian diasporic writers touch on the personal and political dimensions of home in the 21st century, both urgent and meditative. This literary anthology showcases fiction, memoir, and poetry from a diverse array of voices, including Alexander Chi on scarred bodies, Kimiko Han on gustatory memory, and Amitabha Kumar on the art of writing immigrant narratives. Uh, the foreword is written by Viet Thanh Nguyen. So um, nice. I, I, there are definitely more authors than, uh, 
than the ones we mentioned in the synopsis. Yeah. So it sounds like a really interesting collection. I really do want to read it. Sounds like a lot of great authors, too. I know Alex Chi, um, he sometimes interacts with us on Twitter, so that's, that's a familiar name. Uh, he's the author of Queen of the Night. Mm. So, um, great book. Cool. Next up is Not My White Savior by Jelaine Lee, released on March 13th. Not My White Savior is a memoir and poems exploring what it is to be a transracial and intercountry adoptee and what it means to grow up being constantly told how better your life is because you were rescued from your country of origin. Following Julaine Lee from Korea to Minnesota and finally to Los Angeles, this collection of poems asks what better means. In which ways was the journey Lee went on better than what she would have otherwise experienced? And that's Not My White Savior by Julian Lee. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of these emerging narratives now that um, the adoptees that came in like the 80s have are old enough to write and publish books. Um, yeah. I mean, what's interesting is that this is a memoir in poems. So it's not in prose. So that that is like a very interesting form to uh, to tell her story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next up is The Astonishing Color of After by Emily XR Pan, released on March 20th and published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers. In the wake of her mother's suicide, Lee Chen Sanders travels from the U.S. to Taiwan, where she meets her maternal grandparents for the first time. Convinced that her mother has been reincarnated as a great red bird, Lee searches for her mother and winds up chasing after ghosts and uncovering family secrets. And as she grieves, she must try to reconcile the fact that on the same day she kissed her best friend and longtime secret crush, her mother was taking her own life. Pretty heavy for a young reader's book. I've been huh? seeing this book everywhere. Like it's been <laughs> it's been like listed as like the the one of like the top most an- anticipated books of wow. 2018. So, yeah, it's been getting a lot of buzz and I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Cool. Um, next up is The Heart Forger by Rin Chipekel, released on March 20th. Um, no one knows death like tea. Or Tia. It's tea. Let's say tea. <laughs> a bone witch who can resurrect the dead, she has the power to take life and return it. And she is done with her self-imposed exile. Her heart is set on vengeance, and she now possesses all she needs with the help of these terrifying beasts. She can finally enact revenge against the royals who wronged her and took the life of her one true love. War is brewing among the kingdoms, and when the dark and when dark magic is at play, no one is safe. So this is the sequel to the Bone Witch for mm. the people who uh, recognize Rin Shipeko's name. Mm. I think it's a duology. I don't know if there's a third book. Let's let's say it's just the second <laughs> book in the <this> series. Sounds <laughs> like shit's going down though. So if you're interested in what happens to T, the Bone Witch, you should get this book. Uh, next up is. Along the Indigo by Elsie Chapman, released on March 20th and published by Amulet Books. The town of glory is known for two things, businesses that front for seedy, if not illegal, enterprises, and the suicides that happen along the Indigo River. Marsden is desperate to escape the bed and breakfast where her mother works as a prostitute, and she wants to give her little sister a better life. To raise funds for their escape, Mars starts skimming cash from the dead bodies that show up along the Indigo River. It's there she runs into Jude, who has secrets of his own and whose brother's suicide may be linked to Mar's own sordid family history. As they grow closer, the two unearth secrets that could allow them to move forward or chain them 
to the indigo forever. Mm. Sounds like a very eerie book. <laughs> it's like definitely a mystery yeah. vibe that I'm getting. In like small town, like kind of like Ozarksy or Twin Peaks or Quincy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's better. That's a better um, metaphor. Metaphor. <laughs> metaphor. Is that right? That's uh, a better. Uh, it's late, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Bury What We Cannot Take by Kirsten Chen. Uh, released on March 20th, published by Little A. The day nine-year-old Sansen and 12-year-old Aliam discover their grandmother smashing a framed portrait of Chairman Mao is the day that forever changes their lives. To prove his loyalty to the party, Aliam reports his grandmother to the authorities, setting in motion a terrible chain of events. Now they must flee their home on Drumwave Islet, which sits a few hundred meters across the channel from mainland China. But when Aliam's mother goes to procure visas for safe passage to Hong Kong, the government will only issue them on the condition that she leave behind one of her children as proof of her family's intention to return. Wow. I wonder how many stories there are about like this. Like this, I imagine this happens during the, uh, the Cultural Revolution. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Bury What We Cannot Take by Kirsten Chen. Next up, we have Emergency by Mary H.K. Choi. Uh, releases on March 27th, published by Simon Schuster Books for Young Readers. The synopsis goes... When Penny Lee leaves home to attend University of Texas, she's eager to learn how to become a writer and just be away from her overwhelmingly extroverted Korean mother. She soon crosses paths with Sam, a college dropout and aspiring documentary filmmaker who works and lives at a local coffee shop. Their friendship starts out awkward after Penny catches Sam in a vulnerable moment, but soon the two are texting each other every day and sharing everything from their deepest anxieties and secret dreams without the humiliating weirdness of having to see each other. This sounds like my jam because <laughs> I have social anxiety and all of my communication is pretty much through text messages, so I can relate. Truly a, um, a story for those introverted millennials out there. Everyone texts nowadays. Who, like, who calls anymore? <laughs> so this is basically like the world's longest Tinder exchange. That's what I'm reading. About this. I don't. I don't. I, I wouldn't know about Tinder. <laughs> um, next up, we have Arusha and the End of Time by Roshani Chokshi. Um, releases on March 27th. Published by Rick Reardon presents. Twelve-year-old Arusha lives with her curator mother at the Museum of Ancient Indian Art and Culture in Atlanta. It has a tendency to stretch the truth to fit in at school. One day, three schoolmates show up at Aru's doorstep and to catch her in a lie and dare her to light the cursed lamp of Bharata. When Aru lights the lamp, she unwillingly frees the sleeper, an ancient demon whose duty is to awaken the god of destruction. To save her mother and friends, Aru must find the reincarnations of the five legendary Pandava brothers and journey through the kingdom of death. Wise. <laughs> A very whimsical <clears throat> middle grade novel by Rashani Chosky. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, what's that Ben Stiller movie, Night in the Museum, but like with scarier demons? Uh, Rashani Chosky is the author of The Star Touched Queen and A Crown of Wishes, and they're both pretty great books, so go check them out. Awesome. Um, next up, we have The Beekeeper Saving the Stolen Woman of Iraq, written by Dunya Mikhail. Translated by Max Weiss. Uh, releases on March 27th, and it's published by New Directions. Written by the acclaimed Iraqi poet and journalist Dunya Mikhail, the beekeeper tells the harrowing stories of several Yazidi women who managed to escape the clutches of the Daesh, the Islamic State. 
Mikhail extensively interviews these women who have lost their families and have been sexually abused, psychologically tortured, and forced to manufacture chemical weapons. And as their tales unfold, an unlikely hero emerges, a beekeeper who uses his knowledge of the local terrain, along with a wide network of transporters, helpers, and former cigarette smugglers, to bring these women through the war-torn landscapes of Iraq, Syria, and Turkey back into safety. Wow. It seems really outlandish, but this is a nonfiction, right? Yeah, this is a nonfiction novel. Crazy. Which is, you know, which is really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, The Beekeeper is, like, the perfect name for, like, a Hollywood movie, too. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm glad that stories like these are coming out in, in publishing. Yeah. I mean, there's heroes everywhere. I mean, no matter what you believe, you know, people ultimately want to be good people. Most people. Not all people. Some people are just jerks. I can't imagine, like, interviewing these women. Like, it mm. must have been very, very hard. And also, like, you know, it's really brave of these women to come forth and share their stories because they are, like, at risk yeah. even after escaping. So um, it's definitely, like, it's definitely a heavy book. <laughs> Probably something that uh, you can't read in one sitting. Yeah. Keep tissues ready. Get ready for breaks. Lots of breaks. <laughs> And finally, the last book in our list is Reflection by Elizabeth Lim, released this on March 27th and published by Disney Press. That's right, Reflection. And if the first thing you thought about is Mulan, then you are correct. This is a Mulan book. Uh, when Captain Shang is mortally wounded by Shang Yu in battle, what? <laughs> Mulan must travel to the underworld, Di Yu, Di Yu, I must say in Chinese, in order to save him from certain death. But King Yama, the ruler of Di Yu, is not willing to give the captain up easily. With the help of Shang's great lion guardian, Shishi, Mulan must traverse the Yu to find Shang's spirit, face harrowing obstacles, and leave by sunrise, or become King Yama's prisoner forever. Moreover, Mulan is still disguised as the soldier called Ping, wrestling with the decision to reveal her identity to her closest friend. So is this like an alternate reality? Or like, concurrent? Does this take place during their training montage? I don't know. I guess you have to read the book to to know. And this is just Oedipus, isn't it? It's Oedipus slash like the um, Japanese creation myth with um, Izanagi Inanami slash Hercules. Why King Yama? Why not Hades? Why not just make it crossover like Kingdom Hearts? No, no, <laughs> no. Kingdom Hearts is such a bad game. Anyways, what? You take that back. I've played all of them. There's only been two. All and, and on the spinoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I played the spinoff. You know, it, they might be total trash, but I'm excited about three. I am too, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. They were selling life-size Keyblades at South by Southwest. Oh, really? They had like the old key. Well, well the it true, saddened, it well, saddened the true me. fans would be making it in their garages. It saddened me that I could identify the names of the Keyblades by looking at them. I was like, that's Oblivion. That's the old keeper. Oblivion yeah. is the coolest looking one. Mm, mm. Keeper's pretty good. Uh, I like Oblivion more. <laughs> and that was Reflection by Elizabeth Lim. I remember um, we um, we we publicized this um, when it was announced that she was writing for Milan, right? Yeah, we've been doing this podcast for that long. <laughs> You're listening to episode 41, That's by awesome. the way. Wow. I'm glad that they have expanding universe content for Mulan. Because we're we're getting ready for the Mulan live action <laughs> film, which is probably not going to be 
I'm cynical. I don't think it's going to meet people's expectations. I I want them to do. It a, got pushed back a year later. Because yeah, I want them casting. to do an original story. I want them to. Do, I want them to Cinderella it. Maybe not mess it up like Cinderella, but like create a new story, then follow beat by beat like Beauty and the Beast. I feel like it's it's a good story. Yeah, I I just hope it's not a musical. Even yeah. though I love the songs from Mulan, I I don't think I can handle a live action musical. I mean, I think if the score like has those motifs, that'd be cool. But like, not like a full on musical. And no CG, just no CG it. dragons. It, no, no CG dragons, please. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the new releases from the bunch of for the month of March. Again, if we missed anything, um, you can let us know um, by commenting on the Gareeds forums. Um, I know we appreciate. Um, no, we're, we're only two people, and only one of us is actually keeping tabs on all the releases. I, I am like one hundred percent sure I missed <laughs> a lot of books. I, I, for one, I don't think I've. Um, I, I don't think there's any poetry books that I've added to this list. But um, the Asian American Writers Workshop they have a list as well, so yeah. cross reference. <laughs> I mean, we provide this as a service for our listeners, just to let you know, check out all these great Asian American written books out there that you can be reading um, for a change of pace. So, you know, if, if, if there's something on this list that, if there is something on this list that caught your fancy, you're welcome. Uh, we'll try to um, make a list of the books that we mentioned in the show notes, or at least in the Goodreads forums. Yeah. And um, so that you guys can find it easily. We're also in the process of building on our website. So sooner or later, you'll, you'll be able to find this information on there as well. But let's move on to the book news segment of this podcast. Um, and there's been quite a bit of news, especially in the world of like book to TV. But uh, first up. Okay, so our first story is that the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books is going to be held next month uh, from April 21st to the 22nd at USC. Um, so you can check out the festival schedule and list of speakers at events.latimes.com. The event is free, but for some panels, uh, you have to buy tickets. So uh, please check out the schedule for, for that. I think they marked which ones you can actually uh, go to for free. And a lot of Asian and Asian American authors are going to be attending the event. Uh, some of the authors that are going... Uh, are Lisa Ko, Sanhya Menon, Maureen Gu, Naomi Hirahara, uh, Viet Thuan Nguyen, Alexander Chi, and uh, Arvind Amadi. There's a ton. So, yeah, yeah it, it is a great opportunity to go meet your favorite authors and, um, and hear them talk about their journey in publishing <laughs> and talk about their genres. It is a very big festival. So it is a great opportunity overall. Yeah, for you bookworms in Los Angeles. Um, speaking of festivals, Y'all West announced their lineup of authors earlier this month. The festival will be held from May 4th to the 5th at Santa Monica High School. Books and Boba authors include Emily XR Pan, Rhoda Beleza, Jenny Han, Gloria Chow, C.B. Lee, and more. Uh, so check that out. I might, I might want to try to check this out this year. I went, uh, I think, last year, and it was pretty fun. <laughs> Uh, our next story, Godwin Books acquired North American rights for two books in Japanese author Nahoko Uehashi's best-selling The Beast Player series. Set in the medieval Japanese fantasy world, the series follows the life of a young healer set on protecting a kingdom's most prized possession, despite efforts to control this otherworldly beast. 
Um, the first book is scheduled to release in winter of 2019. This sounds like your jam, Marvin, because it's <laughs> a medieval Japanese fantasy. You and Asian fantasies go pretty well together. Uh, I mean, um, I mean uh, have you heard of the series, The Beast Player? No, I haven't. Have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, really talented international authors out there. Yeah. And we never hear about them because a lot of their books get translated years and years later. So. I'm excited to check out, like, um, there's also been a push to translate, like, Chinese fantasy writers, too. And it's, like, it's always interesting. And I know we're probably going to hit uh, three-body problem at some point in, in this book club's life. But seeing you know traditional fantasy or science fiction from a different culture's perspective um is always super interesting so yeah yeah excited about this uh next up is putnam acquired cat cho's debut ya contemporary fantasy novel kumio which is set in modern day seoul and based on korean mythology a girl who must kill to survive falls in love with a boy after she rescues him from a goblin changing the course of her immortal life. The first book in the planned duology is slated for fall 2019. This is my <laughs> book. I am so excited. Kumiho is the fox spirit, right? Yes. I think uh, it's a little bit different from the Japanese Kitsune because mm. uh, Kumiho is is considered like kind of like a sexy woman if you will, like right. a seducer. So that's that's probably closer to the Chinese version too. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, I immediately thought of the Kumio K drama with uh, Shinmina. So I was like, "Isn't there a Goblin yeah. K drama too?" Yeah, there is. There's <laughs> a drama for everything, Marvin. Does she become a Nine Tails? I mean, Kumio means Nine Tails. Ku means nine. Um, next up is Nancy Paulson books. Bought Count Me In, a middle grade novel by Varsha Bajaj, in which a twelve year old girl and the white boy next door become reluctant activists after witnessing a racially charged attack on her traditionally dressed Indian grandfather. And the photos she posts for friends and family go viral. Publication is set for 2019. Wow. So a book about a budding activist and her white ally. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as we have seen from current events, students can do great things with social activism. Yeah. Uh, next up in our list of news, Hatchet Book Group acquired English rights to Tasha Suri's debut fantasy novel, Empire of Sand. Inspired by Mughal Indian history, the story follows a nobleman's illegitimate daughter and a vow-bound mystic who both possess the rare ability to compel the dreams of sleeping gods. Ooh. Um, G.P. Putnam also bought Melissa De La Cruz's new romantic fantasy series, The Queen's Secret. The duology is about a deadly assassin and the queen he is sworn to protect. Publication is planned for fall 2019 and fall 2020. Melissa Cruz is like, on a, like she writes like a book a year, I feel like. Yeah, she like just she churns them out. <laughs> Props to her, man. I can't imagine just like, I feel like she's like always on this new release list that we have. That's that's true. <clears throat> Um, yeah, and we also read her book uh, somewhere in between mm. for book club for those of you guys yeah. who want to read that. <laughs> and this is definitely um, a K drama prompt too. The Delhi assassin falls in love with the queen. I mean, we don't really know much about it except for that like one detail. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
Next up, Dow Press acquired Jack Cheng's untitled middle grade novel following his award-winning debut, See You in the Cosmos. Taking place in a near-future Detroit and set partly inside a video game, the book follows Chinese-American 7th grader Octavia Liu and her blooming friendship with Dante, an African-American boy newly bussed in to her suburban school in a self-driving car. Publication is set for spring 2020. But yeah, interesting. I'm kind of like, um, are you excited about the Ready Player One? I heard it's gotten okay, like pretty good reviews. Really? The moment I saw the trailer, I was like, <laughs> it's just like, my God, this looks so bad. I mean, like, the, I, I did like reading the book, despite it being problematic. Mm-hmm. And I, I read it as a satire on oh. gaming culture. So it was very, like, hilarious to me when I was reading it. Um, but I think a lot of that satire that I read in the book, it's gone. Like (laughs) they took it very seriously. It's like a gritty movie. And I'm like, why is it gritty? It's supposed to be full of colors and video game characters. They had a, they, they premiered it at South by Southwest. And, um, from what I read, it seems to be actually pretty, like a pretty Spielbergian romp. So I don't know. Anyways, have you have you seen the posters, the promotion posters for Ready no. Player One? They're hilarious. <laughs> Go Google them. It's it's so funny. Anyways, this reminded me of that because of the story taking place partially in video games. So um, that's cool. Congrats to Jack Chang for uh, for getting acquired. Next getting up, acquired. <laughs> Simon and Schuster bought English rights to an untitled picture book written by Linda Sue Park and illustrated by Debbie Ridpath Ohi. The book is part of Ohi's Broken Crayon Doodle series and features determined robots, intrepid kids, and a wild assortment of items all emerging from crayons. Publication is slated for fall 2019. Linda Sue Park is the author of uh, A Single Shard, which won the Newbery uh, Medal mm-hmm. when it released. I think it released like a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, like congratulations nice. to Linda Sue Park and Debbie Ridpath Ohi. Um, next up, in an interview with Sci-Fi Wire, Sarah Kuhn revealed that there will be three more full-length novels in the Heroine series after Heroine's Journey, which is the third book in the series that follows B. Um, there will also be an ebook novella releasing in July 2019 that ties the two trilogies together. That's awesome. Congrats to Sarah Kuhn. If um, listeners might remember that. Uh, the first book of this series, um, Heroin Conflicts, was our inaugural Books and Bulba book club pick. And Sarah Kuhn actually did join us for our first discussion, not on the air, but... Um, we also interviewed her on air. We have an episode yeah. uh, on that. And it's really funny because we, we talked to her about Heroin's journey mm-hmm. and about like B, who is Evie Tanaka's uh, younger sister, who is really bratty in the first book. <laughs> and um, I guess in the third book, she's more grown up. And I think she, uh, I think a couple of years had passed yeah. from what Sarah has told us last time. It's so great that she has three more books in, in the series. I know. She essentially has like a cinematic universe worth of movies now that she can make from the heroine series. She's like expanding on the Asian superhero genre. Yeah. Or this could be a six season, six like, seasons HBO in a movie? prestige <laughs> show <laughs> that's awesome congrats to sarah coon um she just released the um i think along with this interview she released the cover for heroine's journey which looks pretty good yeah um 
you'll notice a dog in that cover, and that dog it's is uh, Fitzwilliam Waffles, who is like the mascot of the Ribotis, which is a romance bookstore in uh, SoCal. So yeah, yeah, it's a really really good cover. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous, just like the other covers of the series. Yeah. Our next story, Netflix bought world rights to the film adaptation of Jenny Han's YA novel to all the boys I've loved before and will release the film in summer 2018. That's pretty soon. Yeah, I know. We're getting uh, to all the boys I've loved before and Crazy Rich Asians this wow. summer. It's to be the summer of Asian American rom-coms. We're going to take over all of your screens. <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie is directed by Susan Johnson, screenplay by Sofia Alvarez. Produced by Awesomeness Films and Overbrook Entertainment and stars Lana Condor um, and Noah Centineo. Uh, Lana Condor played Jubilee in uh, one of the X-Men movies. Uh, she was kind of edited out. I'm not sure oh, yeah, how much screen time she had. The one, right? I, I haven't seen that one yet. But, but she's also in the upcoming James Cameron uh, movie, Alita Battle Angel, which is based on a manga. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that interesting yeah it, it interesting. does look interesting <laughs> I, I i don't know what to make of it and i haven't read the manga yeah i don't know i'll give it a chance at least it isn't it isn't like completely whitewashed which is good that is true that is true i was so worried about that <laughs> when i heard that it was based on a manga yeah but that's exciting um i remember um i mean this deal was just announced last year so yeah it's moving very yeah, quickly it's moving pretty quickly um and our last piece of news uh, is Hulu won the bidding war for the TV adaptation of Celeste Ng's Little Fires Everywhere. Um, Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington are the executive producers, and they're also starring in the series. Um, this was kind of a This big, was a huge deal, yeah. Yeah, this was a really big deal. I mean, Celeste Ng now is like two for two for her books ad- adapted into like movie slash tv oh that's right because everything book, yeah everything I, I never told you is also being made into a movie which we reported um last month two months ago yeah when it happened but yeah reese witherspoon and carrie washington those are like, big names big names and um I, i'm guessing they're playing the two main matrix right um i'm not sure about carrie washington um I don't know. Like it's it's hard to say like who, which characters they will play. Mm. But I'm really glad that this is going to be a TV series rather than a movie cuz there's a lot there are a lot of characters and I feel like a movie wouldn't go into all of the backgrounds that uh the characters come from and that's really important. <laughs> so um I'm also glad to see that it's a um, multiracial cast because in addition to Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington there's also um, an Asian family that's very involved in in the um, in the story. So. Yeah, I mean the story centers on like an adoption of a Chinese baby girl. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of like Asian American issues in it, and and the book takes place in a suburban town in Ohio. I, I think it's Ohio, and uh, it's set in the 1990s. So it oh, is wow. like a period piece. It's weird to call it a period piece because <laughs> from the nineties. From the nineties, I was alive during the nineties. It's it's weird. It's weird. It feels weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, uh, we're gonna keep an eye on this project to see uh, more casting news, especially in in the role of um, the mom of the baby, who is very very involved in the story as well. And yeah, um, those are the new news for 
March of 2018, we made it. We did it, guys. We made it through everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some of some of the news that we announced in this episode came out this morning. Really? Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, I gotta put them in." <laughs> like, Breaking news as of as of this recording, which is probably a couple days. Yeah, a couple days before old. you're listening to it. But um, thanks again, Rira, for compiling this all together. Um, hopefully, y'all are, are are more aware of what's going on in Asian American literature. I know I'm always glad to learn about um, what's been going on because um, my day to day is more with you know the music and and film and TV. So so it's it's always good. Anyways, um, yeah, thanks again, Rira, for putting in the hard work. Um, again, for all of our listeners, our March 2018 book club pick is "What Lies Between Us" by Naomi Munawira. And if you've already finished the book, our April pick is. One day we'll all be dead, and none of this will matter. By Scotchy Cole. So you can get a head start on that if you finish our March book club pick. And that's a memoir, right? It is a memoir, and I've heard that it's hilarious. Oh, and if you have interesting pieces of news、um, to bring to the table, please join us on our Goodreads forums.、Um, we always love having more people inter- to interact with and talk books with.、Um, And so, on that note,、uh, we'll see you next time when we talk about our March book club pick.、Um, and until then, keep reading. I'll see you later. Start the book if you have it already. <laughs> Bye. This episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and Riva Yue and edited by Marvin Yue. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices from the community. If you like Books and Boba, you might also like Saturday School, a podcast about Asian American film history, hosted by film journalists and scholars Ada Sang and Brian Hu. Catch it with the podcast before they start their upcoming fourth season. You can listen to Saturday School and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. dot com.